Welcome, everybody. This is episode 12 of The Drunk Web. Thank you for joining us. Uh, first of all, Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2016. Um, 2015 was amazing. It was the year that The Drunk Web became a thing. And so my uh, first guest this year, I'm so excited to have you here. But before I get to you, I just want to mention that we are now on three new platforms. Uh, Product Hunt, Pocket Casts, and Stitcher. And so awesome. really excited. So if you have an Android phone, first of all, get, get an iPhone. But if you really don't want an iPhone, you can now listen to The Drunk Web without having Ooh, to go. The Drunk Web is opinionated. That's right. Apple did not pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, no. And yeah, so I want to introduce uh, our guest today, the one and only John K. Paul. And that is not the Pope. Although you do have some Pope I have, features. I, you know, you're very Pope-like in the community. Pope, you do have, ah, that's what it is. I yeah. was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> and um, so welcome to the Drunk Web, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I always let the guests announce what we're drinking because they pick it. <laughs> ah, sure. So. Yes. I, have, I even have stories to tell about this. Awesome. I was told earlier today at work that I had to tell it. Uh-huh. So uh, I chose champagne today. We have, um, officially, we have a lovely Prosecco, Doc Treviso, mm-hmm. from uh, some fancy place that I'm not going to read this to find out. Uh, but I chose champagne because I, so first of all, I recently got married, so there has been a lot of champagne in my life. And also, I actually honestly like champagne because it is the only drink in the world that no, like, like down-on-his-luck person sitting in front of a bar looking at the bartender saying like pour me a champagne man my life just sucks like no that one. cannot happen that is why That's i like right. to drink champagne perfect <clears throat> all right so let's uh let's open this bad boy awesome and uh we waited <laughs> to open this because we wanted you guys to hear the the pop yes this right. is probably is this the first drink with a sound as well we've done uh wine before ah, on the okay. show there is a pop there yeah. is a pop but not exactly a champagne pop <laughs> right. you know so We'll see how I'm going to make something up. I think that that's going to come out of that bottle. It's going to go hit your window. It's going to be all, you know, if the mouse gets a cookie kind of deal. <laughs> you just... I'm just going to do it that way. Oh, okay. I own the oh, place. I didn't... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow, when you own the place, you can do whatever you, can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. That's great. So, all right. Episode 12. Huzzah! Oh, yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Wow, that really did go... Uh... I've never actually done... I don't think... I have opened hundreds of bottles of champagne in my uh-huh. life. I don't think I have ever done that <laughs> so... Um, <clears throat> without any compunction. Right. If anything, I've done it outside, like in the woods, so it's just pointing wherever. Uh-huh. Inside an apartment. That's new for me. Thank yeah. you so much, Sina. You're welcome. I mean, I've never done that either. Yeah. So that was number one for me. Cheers. Cheers. Mr. John K. Paul. <laughs> welcome again. A little bit about you. You are the CTO of InRhythm. I ought to know that. <laughs> Technically my boss as of three weeks ago. Yes, and I'm also excited to have you. That oh. is true. So we'll get to InRhythm <clears throat> in a second. Before InRhythm, you were the VP of Engineering at Penton Media? Penton Media. Yes, Penton, Penton Media. Media yep. For that leaked technical architect <clears throat> at Condé Nast. Yes. Uh, and then client side architect. The list goes on it's, and on and on. It's funny how pedigree for our industry is not colleges uh-huh. pedigree is is places like this like normally or at least i would assume 
Maybe this is true more in Silicon Valley than it is here. I would assume people would say, yeah, I graduated from MIT, right. and then I went on to Caltech, got my degree, and then I went on to like the London School of something or other. Definitely not <laughs> the case for us. No, for us, it is, it is either the places we worked or the open source projects that we have. <laughs> That's the to. open source. Which I do have one, only one, but I'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, yeah, so as of right now, you are CTO of InRhythm. Very exciting stuff. You have thousands of followers on Twitter. <laughs> You, including pedantically, Ross, that is true. But that that is might true. be just it. <laughs> okay. There might be two, <laughs> including rock stars like Paul Irish, Jesse Warden, <laughs> Adi Osmani, and Dan Shaw, and Slack. <laughs> that is true. I think that's the biggest one for you. Slack headquarters that is, does follow me on Twitter. You are also the organizer <laughs> for the HTML5 meetup in New York. Yes. You are an avid speaker. You have given dozens of talks, a lot of which can be found on YouTube including keynoting jQuery conference did. Um, about ES6, a talk called Why is React Functional? Ember Components Make My Heart Warm, and I Like My jQuery Plugins Warm and Toasty. If you're a web developer and you don't get excited by those titles, <laughs> you should probably so cons I, consider a career yeah, change. So the toast one in particular I was really excited about because it meant I could use a lot of pictures of carbs. Uh-huh. And everyone loves carbs. You Who know? doesn't like carbs? Everyone loves carbs. And that's the, the only reason people like that talk. It's uh, the carbs. <laughs> yeah. Your most recent talk at Full Frontal Conference mm -hmm. was titled The Web Audio Phenomenon That Shall Not Be Named. So that was really interesting <laughs> stuff. I wanted to mention that because I want to talk about your obsession with audio and, and languages. Is, uh, is yes, pretty so obvious definitely. in your talks. Yeah. You have done Duolingo for 700 <clears throat> plus days in a row? Oh, 700. So I just hit two years. So uh, I will tell you this right now. I'm opening up my phone to confirm. I did it earlier this morning. I am at 736 days. <clears throat> so John has... Over two years. So you have done Duolingo. I hope yes. people know what Duolingo is. I have done this extremely gamified language learning application Every single day for over two years, slightly. 733 days in a row. 36 days. 36 days in yes. a row. Unbelievable. <laughs> Once you hit after 90, it's not that crazy. Because then you want to cry if you lose your streak. That's and right. you're not going to do it as a grown man. You're not going to do anything <laughs> no, that will make you want to cry. <laughs> so from 90 to 736 is nothing. And the last piece of uh, bio I have from you is uh, in your own words. Uh, you consider your greatest career accomplishment to be the engineers you have nurtured and the teams that you have built. Yes. That's a, that's a very selfless that's... thing to, uh, to consider your biggest accomplishment. So cheers to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. For, for giving to others. I, I appreciate it. That mm. is something I really do take pride in. And it is, uh, as much as possible, it is something I, I focus both my career and interests on. Amazing. All right, so let's talk about in rhythm. How did you end up there? And now that we're a team together, <clears throat> sure. So how's it how, going? How I ended up in in rhythm is actually a funny story. Uh, I so the head of recruitment uh, at in rhythm. Uh, I worked at a company, Mr. Called, David. <clears throat> Mr. David, yeah, David right. Gaspin. Shout out to David. <clears throat> yeah, shout out to David. So he actually so he probably emailed me many times over the past couple of years, and I have not paid that much attention to be honest, as probably many people listening to this podcast are. I, I usually, and I encourage everyone to do this actually, I respond to pretty much every recruiter saying thank you once. Because I, it actually is extremely flattering considering that most people in this entire world will never be in the extremely lucky place we are all in. And often I don't feel nearly as 
much gratitude as I probably should. <clears throat> so I've emailed, I think we've had multiple emails back and forth where I just said no at some point. Uh, but he, he knew me because I used to work, I left the ladders, which is another previous role before uh, the ones you had listed um, many years ago. And he joined that team afterward and apparently heard my name or something. Through his own career path, <clears throat> ended up at In Rhythm um, and reached out to me. Um, reached out to me. It happened to be at a time in which I was uh, interested in learning more and furthering my own uh, development and interests purely in JavaScript, <clears throat> because both that that is a technical interest of mine, both the you know web and things like that, as well as JavaScript, the programming language. Um, and because of David's both persistence and previous knowledge of me at other companies, I was introduced to the company. And from there, you know, history is history. I feel the same way for you joining, um, you joining in rhythm. And I'm very excited for where we're going and how many other people we're going to be. That's right. <laughs> there's, there's details to story that I don't know. If Maybe we'll come back to it when we're drunk. <clears throat> yes, maybe we will. <laughs> no, I'm drunk right now, people. What are you talking That's about? That's right. We had a bunch <clears throat> before. Actually, this is probably the only episode where we didn't drink before we start, which means we oh, have to that... drink. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, which means we have Challenge to... accepted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. So I'm just going to jump into these questions. Sure, let's go for it. So I want them to hear stories of success stories. Sure. And you know how you get started, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's going through the same thing. Sure. So what made you interested in wanting wanting to program? So what made me interested originally like in say high school or something like that in programming at all was that I'm not I'm not particularly a very woodshoppy kind of person. Right? Like I I I have never taken woodshop. I have not really in the classical sense worked with my hands. Right. My grandfather was a subsistence farmer or whatever mm. that they tell me. Um, but I myself have no understanding of anything significantly physically labored. But I found the feeling that I expect that carpenters or f people who do work with their hands get from creation. Right. I really enjoyed the, wow, I'm actually building something. My parents have no idea what this means, really, because I, I think of it as building and they do not. But it's very interesting. But <clears throat> to be honest, I mean, programming was not my career. My, um, I actually went to school for chemistry. My background is not in computer science. And I encourage many of you to, who are not in computer science to not even necessarily worry about it. You don't have to have a computer science degree in order to get things done. You do have to have a lot of drive to learn separately. And I think, gratefully, if anything, I have been gifted is the you know, drive to want to do that, I suppose. But for me, what got me interested in programming originally was being able to build something without being in a shop class. What kept me interested in programming was that it is something that forces your mind into the mode where it is constantly learning. And that is something that I love about myself, my own brain, my own interests. I also love nurturing that in other people because people who want to learn are people that will consistently do what you need them to do to make you know, the world successful, a business successful, all of these other things. Okay, I already have to ask you a question. <clears throat> Please. I want to hear the rest of this. But, yeah, yeah. but um, very recently, I'm going through this phase where it's been a while since, since there was so much that I had to learn. Right. Ah, and yeah. I say I had to learn because I forced that upon yes, myself. Yes, yes. You know, no, nobody said, oh, you don't know this, like, Redux, you, know, <clears throat> you're, you have to learn it. 
it's something that that I feel I got to do, but hasn't been like that for a long time. But in the past three, four months, it really <laughs> has become overwhelming. Oh, thanks. That's, that's well before you actually joined in rhythm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And so, <laughs> not my fault, people. <laughs> no, it's, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's up for debate. Yeah. But uh, how do you manage that? Because you you have knowledge on almost every piece of technology we talk about, but you are not writing code with us every day. So uh, how do you keep up with that? How, that how is a very. It? That's a whole different question and very complicated. Or not com- That is a. That is a much more uh, introspective answer, reflective answer than the other question that you asked. So um, for me, so part part of this is I do side projects, right? Like I have these side projects. A lot of that is where I get some talk interesting things from. A lot of that is where I get my, I scratch the itch for myself because this is true for every manager or every manager who's formerly a programmer. They always feel this like, Oh, but programming was so fun. Or most of them do. And almost all of them feel, man, I can't call bullshit on my people anymore because I don't know how to program anymore. So so part of that for me was a decision around not losing it when I become a manager. That was a while ago. Like saying that I have to be able to at least match the bare minimum of what I would expect someone who is on my team to be able to do. How I do that from a, you know, prescriptive uh, perspective is so I do side projects I have I don't read a lot of blog posts <clears throat> if I read blog posts I google ninja style the most specific blog post or the question I need to answer uh, this is just sort of normal I mean every programmer finds their best google foo mm-hmm. over time so I don't google for like the ruby documentation I google for like what the hell is an at sign in a class method like that, that kind of thing. So I get only the little piece of information that I need because the rest I'll sort of infer until I find a bug or something right. like that. By the way, I'm I'm learning a little bit more Ruby now. My wife is a Ruby developer. Like I oh, uh, I this, didn't know this that. question came up recently. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the so I didn't know Ruby before. That's why I had to do this particular one. So I don't read a lot of blog posts, but when I do, they are all very specific. They're specific for me to achieve a goal. Um, they're, they're either specific for me to achieve a goal or specific for me to address a goal of someone else. Like if someone on our internal in rhythm Slack asks a question, I will Google for something that will probably help them in and assume that they have not Googled for the same exact thing that I can right. I also am very into screencasts at higher speed. So for example, I recently got, I'm when I was more doing development, I mean, this when I was doing much more active development, which was not 100% of my time. Anyway, Browserify was much more popular than Webpack. Uh-huh. So I, uh, I actually know Browserify much, much better than Webpack. So much like I have... Probably the only thing that people ever depend on me for NPM is a Browserify plugin that I have more than one issue open on and I feel bad. So if any of the maintainers out there <laughs> want to help me with a debugging tool for Browserify, mm-hmm. I would love to, uh, to talk to you. So um, I needed to learn Webpack for, I needed to learn Webpack because I decided one of my side projects were, was not going to use Browserify because I already know Browserify and like I've, I've, I actually have a few commits into Browserify so I know how it works roughly. I don't need to learn it. So this is like, I could have used Browserify but I'm taking the opportunity to learn something that's both new and more popular. 
And the way that I learned that was not reading the docs. I mean, I could read the docs. We all could read the docs. But I, we have Pluralsight, gratefully, at in Rhythm. And, and Code can, School now. And Code School now, yes. Um, we, I mean, in Rhythm, we also have Front End Masters and all the other things. That's right. Um, but they have the ability to watch the videos on double speed. Like, it's gotten to the stage now where I don't need to read every line of the docs, right? Like, I just need to... <clears throat> I just need to get the high-level understanding about what's in the config file and the particular keys, and I can figure it out. So I can watch the video at double speed, and I hear what's going on. And if I need to rewind and slow it down, I can. But most of the time, it's all just going. So so for me, it is forcing myself to do side projects. Gratefully, it's fun anyway. Uh, Working on as many of the internal In Rhythm Friday challenges as we can possibly have. Uh, At my my previous company, there were similar similar sort of exciting things. And then... (coughs) Um, spending time on on video, I learn much better through video than I do everything else. So on video, fast forward. Same. And then write it. And then when necessary, especially for non uh, technology specific things, I do read books. <clears throat> so things like um, building JavaScript applications by Nico, uh, Nico Bevacqua. That is a book like I can't watch that in a screencast. Like it's not just learn Angular or right. learn Webpack. It's how do you think about applications? Right. <clears throat> and those are much those are much more time consuming. But that's not something I can never copy and paste. That there's no Stack Overflow answer that I can copy and paste. So those are the things that I'm forced to spend time on because I cannot find yet. If someone has an idea, right. I'm very much the same. I think a lot of people are doing really great work producing uh, short videos. I mean, the, the the classic example is Egghead. Yes, right? yes. John Lindquist, shout out. It takes um, a lot of work to make a short video. Absolutely. Way I was, more. I watched, uh, I don't remember the author's name, but I, I was watching the React uh, environment setup video that is three minutes long, I think, or three and a half minutes long. Every question is answered. When you watch this three and a half minutes, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Right? But I could go open the docs and try and find yeah. every possible yeah. documentation item. But I mean, that's you can. Like a, Fact. Yeah. You can. You can, but it's not, it's not efficient. Right. Okay. okay so um, continue. We were talking about how you get started. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So programming forces you to keep learning. And that's something that I have. Like if you asked me as you know, whatever cocky 13-year-old kid I was, mm-hmm. like what I would want to do it would be like, you know, just like be in college forever, like learn stuff and, <laughs> and like who cares about a job? Like I'm just going to go live in a, you know, learning commune or something. Like that obviously isn't possible. You know, you're a little more practical eventually. But that that same urge and that same desire did not end up with me in some like, you know, fancy club for rich people <clears throat> that can just read in, in your library every day it ended up me being a programmer <clears throat> and that's what i have continuously enjoyed that process awesome. and with, with respect to like advice for people going into this or thoughts for people going into this i want to say that so frustration is part of the job and eventually and i call this the zen of programming that that i feel we all eventually get to and we all need to be talking about more such that people feel comfortable that they're not there like because most people many people are not but that's okay i remember looking at a bug and being pissed off now i look at a bug and i think it's a bug i'll fix it might take me a day (laughs) might take me a month might take me an hour but i'll fix it there is some line of some code somewhere it might be a library code might be my user land code 
It might be something in the goddamn processor. I don't know. But there was a bug and I will find it. And the shift, which is not a turnkey thing. There's no like, there's no day in which you wake up and just realize this. But there is a time eventually where you don't want to punch the computer. Where you just say, it's fine. There's always going to be a bug. Senior <laughs> developers don't have less bugs. They just deal with it differently. <laughs> and that's what I would say to anyone starting out. Because I remember, and I have taught and mentored many people who have gone through that process and thought, this isn't the career for me. I can't do this. It's too frustrating. Or I can't do this. I'm too stupid. Or I can't do this. I don't understand. None of that is true. It is frustrating. But there is no more intelligence or less intelligence. There's no more understanding of how React works or less. There is just the time and patience to get through frustrating times. Man, there is room for like three sentences in the quotes of the night. I think you just filled up the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. <laughs> you are that was, welcome. That was really good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. <clears throat> uh, and, and it's something that doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right about that. I um, wish. I wish there was a potion. Yeah. Uh, talk about your contribution to jQuery. Sure. <laughs> so that's funny. So that's the only, like, I guess now officially I just talked about it. So I have contributed to Browserify, but it was very, very small. So the only, the only commit I typically talk about, or the only open source work I actually claim fame for, is one singular commit into jQuery, <laughs> which took me almost six months for code review purposes. Uh -huh. And... I did not touch a line of library code, but I did touch about 80 files okay. in order to get this one single commit in. Wow. And what 80 I did, files? Oh, yeah. So I, uh, somewhere, it was a lot. Basically, I, ch I got their unit tests from 50 seconds per run to about 15 seconds per run. So I didn't touch library code. The library code was not changed at all. What I did was I um, put in a fake timer library into their unit tests. And the biggest change was obviously animations. Like there were, there were some changes in the async stuff outside, but animations that run with fake timers run a million times faster, like whatever, 50 or 15 <laughs> right. or whatever. Um, so it helped them run the test much faster. But for me, because that was fairly um, wide, it had impacts on many different parts of their unit testing code base. Right. It required... Excuse me. It required a lot of review. First, so first of all, it required a lot of writing because it touched a lot of files. Then it required me to understand the jQuery style guide way more than I thought I did. Um, <laughs> so there was a lot of like, well, mm, your tab here is not really officially right. Which, I, listen, it's fair. I was not. I was young and didn't pay that much attention to these things. Um, but I. <clears throat> fixed all the style guide issues, and then there was a lot of review just to make sure that I was actually semantically correct. So that's why it took six months. Like it, you, can, you can get a commit to jQuery much faster than that. Don't, don't be afraid about open source things. But eventually this was merged, and I can say that my one single commit, the, the proudest time, of, the proudest part of this was actually the, when I got in the, uh, my RSS feed reader from the jQuery blog, the announcement of the release that had me, as well, along with like, a dozen, maybe two dozen other people, because there there are many contributors to jQuery, by the way. Like you can anyone who is listening can be a contributor to any open source project. It is just time and interest. So there was a lot of other people there, but the fact that my name was included in alphabetic order where the P goes, I was like, Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> I want to do this every day. I mean I did a lot, but I didn't do it every day. Um, but it was good. That 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 is the story of mine. 
singular commitment to gender. Wonderful. Something to be proud of, for sure. I am. I am very proud of it. That is awesome. Yeah. I've done it a lot. <laughs> All right. So I think we're getting to, uh, thank you, glass number three yes, of our Prosecco. We're, uh, we're about to get uh, into very, thank you, sure. very serious subjects here. So now that oh, the- <laughs> by, by the way, audience, I have I'm sitting in a position that makes me have no idea what's coming up because I, I see that he's he's looking at notes, but I have, I cannot see it all. Right now. <laughs> uh, the questionnaire is what I'm ah, looking okay. forward to, but I mean the whole conversation. I mean there's there's yeah. so many things I want to cover with you. Yeah, please help yourself to the cheese and the the honey and and all that. Where should we take this next? All right, why is it so hard to find? Good engineers that are also good at managing people and want to oh, manage people. That's funny. I had no, I did not at all expect that's where this question was going to go. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was why engineering is hard to find. Um, well, that too. So, I mean, it is hard. <clears throat> that one's straightforward. That's pure economics. That's supply and demand. Um, that's a very interesting question and not one that I have really thought of. So there is a stereotype. And I honestly believe this stereotype. I have not done the sociology research to tell you <clears throat> that people in that general speak generally speaking people within software engineering or people who are programmers don't do not have social skills i don't think this is true i vehemently don't i don't think, think this it's is true, true either but in popular culture this is extremely prevalent right and popular culture obviously like i'm pretty sure people know like what is represented within either media or just the expectations of a culture of a country is often a self-fulfilling prophecy. So my gut reaction to that, having done no research, is that that is why. I am, um, I, I'm very lucky. We are, we are both very lucky. Like we are, we are in positions and times in our lives and have knowledge and skills that make us in a very good position. There, there are many that don't and we should be infinitely grateful for that the we i remember as a child in this country so i'm i'm indian by the way i don't know if people know that from the name or otherwise so my family is i'm first generation my family moved here um shortly before i was born uh but the the difference in i remember as a child being very ashamed of wanting to do well in school and i don't know if that was cultural or not like i i know that of course my indian parents said like education is your job like i i get that but i i don't know if that was because my own personality or nature was that i cared about learning obviously i really liked it but i remember also being very like but i can go out and have fun too like i I like to drink a glass of champagne with my friends. Like, I'm a normal person. And I remember being very um, surprised that that was really not the expectation. The expectation was that I had glasses, which I have now, by the way, but I did not for most of my life. Uh, and that those glasses had a piece of tape around the middle. Right. And I had a pocket protector. And that, you know, I didn't like anything but AV club and science. But no, like, I mean, I... I I don't particularly care about movies, but I like music. I like a lot of normal people things. I go out karaokeing all the time. Like I have, and I there's actually um there is a particular there's a program within Pennsylvania. I grew up. I went to high school in Pennsylvania. Um, the few years that I was away from New York or uh, Tennessee, which I was officially born in, but 
I barely I was left when I was like one one year old. I have no um, idea. Yeah, hmm. I'm not gonna tell you the city for fear of everyone being able to get my bank password. Um, <laughs> so officially, I'm born below the Mason-Dixon line. Uh-huh. I am uh, I am a southerner. John, yeah, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> yes, <people. laughs> yes. So I went to high school in Pennsylvania, where they had. Uh, they still have, actually, but it's no longer state-funded because um, 2008 crash. But they had this program called the Pennsylvania Governor's School of the Sciences. Okay, And I remember, my I didn't care to apply to this thing. My parents forced me to apply. But I was, I mean, it was good. Like Learning is great, but do I care about spending my summer at a camp for, like, school? <laughs> no. But when I ended up going there, this program was made, and I didn't know this before I applied, this program was made to show people, to show children, that, no, it's okay to be smart and a normal person. Mm-hmm. Like, you can end up as that person who goes and gets beers on the weekend or whatever, like, normal people do, whether or not they're drinking, and still be interested in education. And I was around and, and immersed in a culture that was radically different from the high school culture that I was used to, where it was binary, like it was one or the other and that learning that that can be like that's okay you can be a normal person and be really into whatever software learning blah 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 so back to your original question how i think that our programming culture right now i don't know how to impact that necessarily is set up in such a way that people feel like going into management is giving up I mean, and honestly, that's I thought that too, right? Like, that's why I made this commitment to myself. We had this conversation <clears throat> when you were interviewing me for the job. Oh, really? I don't remember. Absolutely. What did I say? Yeah, yeah. You, without me even bringing it up, oh, you, yeah. you told me, hey, you don't need to worry about, you know, falling behind. And oh, right. You know, and you were, the, the fact that you proactively brought that up oh, without yeah. me initiating yeah. that, that question, because... Because I think you were waiting for me to ask that question, and I, I would have eventually. Yeah, yeah. But you wanted to address it right away that, hey, you don't have to worry. Okay. Yeah. This isn't something that you're going to give up. And it's important. And we had that conversation actually again last week. Yeah, yeah. Before I, I go to, yeah, the, yeah. to this project. And I said, look, the, uh, we're still good with that whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you reassured me. Yeah, so, yeah, I understand. I, I'm a big, yeah. So I definitely believe you don't have to give it up. The only thing I can say right now, I am. I have no doubt that in, let's say, a month, I could be an extremely impactful programmer, senior engineer. Like, it's all still there. Do I write Angular every day? No, <laughs> obviously. Do I write Angular every couple of, like, every week? Probably. Right. Um, actually, now I'm doing more React because that's what the <laughs> side project is in. But, like, that's the same idea. Right. So I, I think that we are all programmed to culturally programmed to assume that quote unquote going into management means like forgetting what life is like and not caring about anything <laughs> but deadlines which is true like i i care a lot more about deadlines now i will admit that like i i understand more how the business works and i know what needs to make paychecks happen and that's a good thing like i actually don't mind that right. but do i still have like every bit of the same urge to over-engineer? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> like I definitely want to use Grunt Gulp and Broccoli and my new, I have a new, I have a new one. It's called Cauliflower. It's going to be better than all three combined. <laughs> and you're going to use that on top of everything. Oh yeah, that, Cauliflower. Cauliflower is actually a wrapper of Babel, Broccoli, oh, okay. um, Babel, Broccoli, Sass, 
and gulp. Oh my god. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. It's gonna be great. No million <laughs> stars. It's gonna be the first million star project. <laughs> We should probably talk about, what's it called? It's, um, cauliflower afterwards. Yes, we'll talk bit. about cauliflower afterwards. A little bit more. Let me see. I'm realizing, by the way, you should keep looking at my question, yeah. that I did not have dinner. Oh, yeah? Which means that I am now worried that my, like, two and a half glasses of Prosecco might uh-huh. get too crazy. So let well, me even eat better. some of this fancy even cheese. Better. One of the topics that seems to come up over and over again when I talk to my other software engineer friends, who are mostly consultants, Right. is the difference between the two paths. The the path that I have taken and you have taken, owning a product, you know, being at a at a company and working, you know, caring about your title. You mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Uh you are the CTO now and yes. that and so you can speak about that, obviously. Sure. Uh or the complete other side of, of the story, which is I just want to build stuff and I wanna go in for a few months. Um I don't need health insurance, you know, I, I want to be a consultant, get paid more, and I don't care about title, and that makes me happy. Right. So ah, so when you say consultant, so you mean going independently versus independently. going at a company. Okay, yeah, I yeah. thought you meant product company. Yeah. So one of the proudest things of my career, as I expect to continue, is the other people that I have influenced. Because listen, I'm not, I will never claim to be the best software engineer in the world. I will also never claim to be the best manager in the world. I, I think I'm pretty good. I think I would people would ask for it. Sometimes. I have some things to say about that, which okay, will please. come up later. Sure, yeah. No, so, but what I can claim to do is build teams. Build teams that can do things that I could never do, that I can be more proud of than me doing things that are pretty good. You know, like I, I like my side projects and all, but I'm not going to architect the next like facebook gigantic scale of five billion user react system like i'm not myself going to do that i mean no no human being can but i think that's why a lot of architects enjoy this anyway but i get a lot of the excitement from people i love code i love people more like i i, I that's just a fact about my life my mm-hmm. my interests as much as i love code which is very much people are more so going individually, like I have no, I have no control over that side. If, if maybe if I had multiple people in a team, whereas going through a company, my vision and the company's vision are so aligned, such that really it's the same vision. As a, as a as the CTO of this company, my vision is this company, right? Me and the CEO are very very close, and we're able to iterate on these things very quickly. But it's not like. I have to make up something on my own. And it's also not like I just do whatever I'm told. So that is the, that interplay makes it very exciting for me because I'm able to build the teams that I know are much greater than the sum of anything I could put together, right? Like, like people are awesome. I don't, they don't, this is true even for individuals. People don't know how awesome they are typically. You just have to put it all in the right place. You have to frame everything in the right context and see them take off. Right. And more often than not, they end up way higher than they ever thought they could. Yeah. It might take a little longer than yeah. they thought. Because some of them are way more overconfident than I am. <laughs> like, yeah, well, this is going to be the hot shit or something. But, they, but in the end, that makes me much more happy. Ganjan told me <clears> that. He's like, you engineers don't know how awesome you are. You don't know how to sell yourself. It's like, you, are, you have way more to talk about than you think oh, yeah. about, about your past. Oh, we can talk experience. about that forever. You know? Deep, that's, that's not just an engineer problem. 
That's a most people problem. That most people. So I actually feel like in terms of whatever, quote unquote, personal brand or whatever, I actually feel like I'm not, I don't care that much. I care a little bit. Like I obviously I have people on Twitter that listen to me. I like it when I get a favorite. Uh, sorry, it's not called favorites anymore. Damn it. I like it when I get a like on Twitter. That yeah. sounds so weird. It's a heart. <laughs> yeah, it's a heart now. I like it when I get a heart on Twitter. But people in general, especially people that have not been in management positions, don't feel like they can have any impact. When really, they, everyone can have an impact. It just might be different. Like, this is so actually, I was talking about this with my wife recently. Something had run her work around how someone didn't want to ask for something and i said something like there's never a reason not to ask for something no matter what level you are you could be the lowest rung on any totem pole there's no reason not to ask the only thing you're going to get is no right there's no and then she told me like you have a very different relationship to authority and i said no no no. like i'm i'm saying this even if i wasn't authority now officially i guess i am authority but no no she then she tells me no no even if you were on the lowest rung on the totem pole like even if you were entry level you have a different relationship with authorities in general. You're fine with talking to them. Right. And then I thought about it and realized, like, yeah, I guess I guess so. Like, I that's a very privileged position to be in, I suppose. But I've never asked for things impolitely. <laughs> I've just asked for things. And sometimes I get told no. And sometimes I get told sure. Sometimes it's something in between. And I think that does not come across for most people. Often, people do not realize the power that they have with their words. Even me, like I learned this, right? Like there was a time in which, and I actually credit some of my previous mentors or current mentors and previous managers significantly, some particular ones that have taught me this very directly. Like if you don't ask for it, you'll never get it. <laughs> and that has impacted my comfort around that. But that's true across the board. Engineers, very true for, but it's true for everyone. That is also a, a huge people problem, right? That we, we are so worried about hearing no that we forget what was the whole point of me wanting to ask that question. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, the, the, that, I mean, that fear of rejection is, I'm sure, part of some sort of right. human evolution. Thank you. There's a good evolutionary reason. Probably. There's a good evolutionary reason for everything. Like there is. Except that this environment may not necessarily be the same as when we evolved into those. That is very true. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we still carry those with us because we're, we're a little bit behind. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's because we have no goddamn choice. <laughs> we don't it's have explicit tag, right? Right. Yeah, yeah it is. Good. One thing I wanted to add, I have had this desire ever since I started writing code. And ever since I started writing code in a team setting, mm -hmm. I've had this, this really strong desire to want to understand every piece of that code and that has been great it has served me but in in many situations that's just a burden and that's something that, that i feel like i've had to let go of slowly mm -hmm. you mentioned what was it the zen of programming mm -hmm. i think part of part of that is to be okay with not having 100 so, control over every line of code i understand what you mean so Maybe I'm lucky in this that I... Please, if you yes. Um, glass number four. Yes, glass number four. So I think I thought very similarly to management, even when I was like team leady kind of person, like uh -huh. writing code 99% of the time, but still the, the voice of a... I've often been like the voice of a team. Even though my voice was still obnoxious and saying like, <laughs> no, we have to test everything. What are you talking about? Kind of so... In that time, I, I'm grateful. I think that I was still comfortable with saying, 
I have no idea how that works. That's the person to talk to. If you need something and it's like a big deal right now and it's a production issue, give me 20 minutes. Like, just, I'll just read this. I'll figure it out. Right. And that, like, optimizing for that reading, figuring it out part is the obvious right. hard part. <laughs> right. But I would encourage you, or as, so I guess as a manager, there's no option but to do this. To say, I delegate where is appropriate. You know this. I've delegated. I'm trying to find trying to find the right ways to support in delegation. You always right. have to support. Right. But you say, X person do Y. Mm-hmm. Do you have issues doing Y? What can I help with Y? I know I could do Y by myself, right. but that's not really what I should be doing. And you have to be comfortable with that. And that, I'm now extremely comfortable with that. And that is, I have gotten to extreme comfort with that because... I now trust my team. I trust my hiring process. I trust my gut in some situations. I trust my ability to support. I trust my ability to course correct, right? Like if you told me sometime today that the thing that I told you to do yesterday was extremely difficult and you have no idea what you're doing, I would figure that out. Like we'd work together, we'd figure that out. And that's, and this is true on more of a management-y way, mm-hmm. but that's true for code too. If someone, if I said, Hey, go implement, switch our, switch us from Tracer to Babel. Like, figure this out. Right. Talk to me tomorrow. If someone told me tomorrow, listen, man, you gave me no information. What the hell am I doing? Like, then I'd feel bad and I'd learn how to do it better next time. Right. It's not their fault. Right. Then next time I would say, go figure out Babel. Talk to me in 10 minutes. Do you have questions? Right. <laughs> like, so there, this like learning and adjustment thing, you always right. have to figure out and always... And giving people context is always very, very helpful mm-hmm. in these kinds of things. Right. And I try to do, obviously, for you at least, I try to give as much context as possible because that allows me to not have to come back all the time and be like, oh, by the way, you did this wrong because you didn't know X, Y, and Z. Uh, That's a very smart investment to make. You, oh, you, yes. you invest another... 10 seconds and give mm-hmm. the, the person a little bit more context. <laughs> yeah. But then you it save saves yourself. so much. <laughs> save so much. That's interesting. I agree. So, so can we officially <clears throat> announce here that team leads don't necessarily need to know every little detail of the code. But completely. They, but they need to be able to find answers quickly. They, yes, completely. They need to be able to find answers quickly. I don't think that maybe in like a startup where there's like maybe 10,000 lines of code, maybe you could pull that off. But at any large enough company or organization or even code base it's kind of with maybe the exception of like the original build system like how do you start the app it's sort of hard to expect any team lead to know everything about everything right like i I guess that's the only thing where i would say like you should probably figure out how to start the app right if you don't know about the account settings page or you don't know how security interfaces work or how pci compliance no one the reason why human beings post like agricultural revolution specialized is because specialization is good right, right? like, like it wouldn't or we'd all be still be subsistence farmers or yeah. we would all be like hunter gatherers like there are reasons for this there would be and no it's okay foods. to admit that and that that's that's an ego thing right like i am i guess i like to think of myself as someone who has a low ego i don't know if that's true because that's someone that's something that only other people can judge i never care if i don't know something it's very rare for me to care that I don't know something. It, I only care that I can't find it or figure it out in time. I feel like I wouldn't have felt that way like years ago. <clears throat> like it's, it's a decision to make, let me tell you. Yeah. I think we get in our own way. Uh, when you first go into a place, you want to make sure, you know, uh, wanting to be a hero. Like when you, when you go into a place, you want people to 
to see you and go, oh, he knows so much more than we thought he oh, knows, yeah, you yeah. know? And sure, that's great. But it, more often than not, just it, it does more damage because you oh, should, yeah. you know, you want to impress because you are new and but but yeah. but being able to say no totally agree. and being able to say oh i don't know that thing you i agree i totally agree with you and i think that this is another i wish i had like a sociological research team mm-hmm. or like a psychology research team that i could just command to do things i actually think that being able to be comfortable with saying i don't have an i i don't have a clue is much more impressive like if you go in as Someone who is expected to know everything and you know 80% of things. And for that other 20%, you don't say like, well, I think blah, 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 and blah, but neither should go to, but rather you say, I have no idea. Can you help me understand that? Like, let's go research this together. Like, I have no idea. I think that's actually way more impressive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You heard that, kids? You don't have to know everything. Yeah. All right. So, uh, my friend, John K. Paul. Are you ready for the questionnaire? I am ready. I actually is anyone ready for the questionnaire, Cena? Usually is anyone ready. Usually people <laughs> people don't prepare. I've had a couple of Oh, guests, I've not prepared. I don't know that. Which Wait, is great. Do other people know the questions? Uh, some people listen to previous Oh, so episodes. I purposefully I purposefully did not listen to Greg's. I didn't listen to anyone. That's what I that's what I, I prefer. specifically did not listen to. Awesome. Everyone at everyone at work was like did you hear blah? It was so blah. And I was like, no, I'm, I want to go into this green. That's mm. much better. But I have learned my lesson and okay. I changed the questions now. Oh, uh, okay. Although they're, they're kind of like in the, you know, in the, it's the same theme. Okay. But yeah, that's I changed them a little that's bit. Fine. All right. Uh, let's start. If these people were programming languages in human form, what language would they be? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Okay, I don't know movies, so I know who that is. That's the angry guy, right? That's the cocaine Brain guy fuck. who... Brainfuck is a programming language. It is? I'm not kidding. You can Google for it right now. <laughs> okay. Um, President it's... Obama. Oh, if you get into politics, there's all sorts of interesting paths <laughs> to go down. Is he Python because there's only one way to write it? Or is it Perl because he wants to bring everyone together? I don't know. Um... um it could be a I live in New York. It's Ruby. Everyone loves Ruby. Ruby. Okay. That's right. In New York, he's Ruby. He's Ruby in New York. He's not Ruby everywhere. <laughs> no. My dad's from Biloxi, Mississippi. Definitely not in Tennessee. Yeah. He's not Ruby. No. Who would you like to have as your karaoke partner, dead or alive? Oh, are you serious? This has nothing to do with technology. Uh, no, no, I know. Karaoke partner. So, I... Oh, you've never been karaokeing with me. So I really enjoy, like, everyone singing. I don't care if I have the mic or not. Like, I, so that's interesting. Who is a really entertaining bad singer? I'm going to make it a little more difficult for you Ooh, to answer. That? It would have to be a programming language or a framework that's your karaoke partner. Oh. So you have to think about the characteristics of the language or. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. So the only programming language I know that's a human being's name is Julia. Okay. I do like statistics, but purely amateurly. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Julia. Julia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Assuming there is Wi-Fi in heaven, uh, wh- what would you do first on the internet when you get to heaven? You have internet for like five minutes. And then they shut it down for like 100 years. What do you download? 
Chrome. <laughs> Sublime. Huh. Oh, so it's not like the super... It's a normal internet. It's normal internet in heaven. It's not like the internet that I could assume would happen if I was in heaven and I could say like... Rewrite history and there was no, no Hitler. Okay. It's regular Wi-Fi uh, in heaven. It's not even that fast. So right now, the answer would be my wedding video. Okay. We got it yesterday. Oh, wow. I did tear up quite a bit. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so that might, I mean, I'm sure that that will change. It'll be like, is this some shit? But like, right now, it is wedding video because okay. I loved it. Awesome. Uh, next question. I'm not asking you because you're Indian. Oh, but I'm okay. asking you because I have a lot <laughs> It would be fine. It would be fine. <laughs> Uh, how much code coverage would Gandhi have? It's not necessarily 100%. Depends how you look at it. And that goes for statements and branches. So, I feel like Gandhi would err on the side of, like, getting shit done. Not that that, not that high test coverage precludes that at all. Mm-hmm. So, I think it would be fairly low. Fairly low. Yeah. I'm I agree. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to go with like 30%. <laughs> He's going to be like, I got to make sure I'm hungry enough. <laughs> like, I can't. I got to be hungry enough, but not too hungry. Not too. <laughs> we got to deliver this thing. <laughs> exactly. All right. You recently got married, which we will cheers to <clears throat> in a second. Sure. Uh, but if you, you don't have any kids. Yet. No, no, no. If you had to name your child after a programming language or framework, what would it be? Hmm, that's a very good question. Please don't say Program C sharp. No, no, no. No, I mean like Ruby is also kind of a name. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh I do like coffee. So Java's like in a Java's a contend a contender. Java would be a, a girl or, or a boy? Java would be either. It's like either. Jordan. Yeah, you're right. It's like Jordan. You can figure that out. <laughs> uh Ooh, I know what it is. Elm. Elm, okay. Elm's like a seer. You could make Elm a nice. name. It's a tree. Yeah, no, it is. No, <clears throat> Elm's good. I might do that anyway. I'm okay. sorry, future <laughs> child. I'm sorry I decided your name over the fourth glass of wine. Champagne. Fifth now. Yes. Uh, if you weren't a programmer, had nothing to do with technology, what would you do? Okay, this is a very complicated question. Can I answer this quickly? Yes. I've had multiple. So if you asked me when I was like five, farmer. Farmer? Okay. Fire truck person all right i didn't know firemen for a while um but the real answer if you ask was probably preacher because i grew up very religiously oh wow um and for a while i was very like i was very religious and i felt like my interests aligned with preaching and then for a while as a chemist it was professor of chemistry i was gonna get my phd my life completely changed how programming happened um so yeah, those are those are the options. By the way, can I just point out that you poured out a drink for us, and my drink seems to have a lot more than you. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on here. I, but... that, I, I also don't know what's going on here. Cheers to <laughs> yeah. that. Um, we are gonna have some. Well, first of all, we're done with this bottle, so we're gonna have to move over to something a little sure. bit more. Sure. Yes, we'll figure something um, out. <laughs> when it comes to technology. Is there anything that you would say you suck at that you want to be better at? Technology that I suck at. So mm-hmm. I am, I'm not very good. At, I'm not nearly as good as I want to be with regular expressions. Okay. Uh, I am currently on a quest that I might have spoken to you about. Like I understand promises very well. I can write them and comprehend them very well. Um, streams, like observables and uh, signals, like in Elm, 
I, I do not have that wrapped around. I would like to get there. I think it will take me a while. Um, that list is actually very long. Like multi-threading, uh-huh. I cannot... If it doesn't have synchronized next to it in Java, I can't make that work. I cannot, and I admit that. Um, I'd love to learn that. Uh, the, the Ruby object model, more than just class and inherits, is actually exceptionally complicated. They have this concept called eigenclasses where every instance actually has like a class in between it and the class that it's representing. That's how you can, if you, because you can add an instance method to a particular instance using Ruby's um, crazy monkey patching. So like, it's very complicated and I'd love to learn and I don't know it. So the, the actually I should stop now. The list you just <laughs> described is infinitely long. Okay. I don't understand, I don't understand well most of what you could possibly ask at an interview into software engineering. I understand a little bit. What I can guarantee is that I can learn it. The interest is always there. Right. I'd love to like really, really, really understand all of these things. Right. Okay. Uh, we're gonna move over to a, a little bit more serious area. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think sucks about the web industry right now? How do you wish it was different? The industry. Okay. The web industry is sort of hard to define for me. If you mean like the popular people who like at conferences and open source and things, I think it's a lot more of the empathy, nonviolent communication, those kinds of things. I think those are needed for a lot of the current difficulties in open source and like governance to be better um, with or without corporations involved, to be honest. the industry from like a business perspective i think that i don't really know where we will eventually end up with respect to native applications and how the web um how the web empirically or like officially has many better features but better does not mean necessarily popular um i don't know where that will end up but i feel like Throwing, I, I don't mean this badly, putting tools as the answer or putting single features like Service Worker, which is actually very great. Like, I love Service Worker. It's very interesting and cool. You need HTTPS for it, which is a little complicated. But other than that, um, I wish that there was a way that I felt that there was a Steve Jobsy like vision for it. That I mean, by definition, that cannot happen. There's no corporation that owns the web. The closest we had was Mozilla. Um, I that, That's what I wish would be there. I don't think it would be detrimental. I don't think it would be ruined because it doesn't. But I wish that that was there. Okay. What's the coolest thing you worked on as a programmer? Oh, that's interesting. It's all things that I'm ashamed of now. I mean, somewhat ashamed of. I mean, this is explicit, so you yeah, can say whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, realistically, I'm probably ashamed of everything I ever wrote. Um, oh, God, why? Because looking back, there were always concerns I did not take into account. Sure. And, and that's what I mean. So the when I worked, so I worked at Condé Nast. At Condé Nast, I built, um, so like, I was on the platform engineering team, the group. So... There were, it touched lots of different parts of the organization. So like there is code that I wrote that is on basically every single page 
for every single Condé Nast property, mm. which is actually quite a lot of things. Like there are millions upon millions of of executions of lines of code. So I can basically walk to any friend. I presume that this code is still running, but I can basically walk up to any friend and say like, your phone, I wrote code that ran on that today. Because <laughs> they probably buzzfeeded something that went to somewhere that went to Vanity Fair or something like that. And that's probably the coolest thing. Awesome. For the sake of being polite, I'm going to reword the next uh, question. What is your biggest mess up? <laughs> For the sake of employment. I've accidentally dropped production tables before. I was young. I then learned very quickly, backups are your savior. <laughs> and, and the fact that, that the like deployment script automatically backs up when you deploy uh-huh. is like even better. That's good. <laughs> Automatic. Basically, you can back... I think I've, I've told some people this before. I think I might have told this in the talk. As long as you have good backups, mm-hmm. there's basically no unrecoverable error as a programmer. As a business, you might. Like, like you fail on your first day of relaunching at, like, IPO day at, like, the stock exchange. Maybe, like, the business is gone. But from an engineer's perspective, there's almost nothing you can't back out of if you have a backup. Right. So that's that's my biggest one. All right. So the lesson here is that uh, back that shit up, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Definitely. Correct. As a consumer of technology, what is the thing that you're most excited about? Mm. Forget programming, you know, things that you use day to day. So I am on a lifelong quest to, uh, to like spend less time on things I don't care about. Okay. Example. So like, I mean, uh, using the wa- using the, I, uh, by the way, so I have a pebble, the dumbest of the smartwatches. <laughs> it's $20 on eBay. Like you can figure this out. It's not fancy like the iWatch or anything. The only reason I use it is so they don't have to pull my phone out to say that's not important or that's not a fire right now or this isn't something I have to immediately get to right now. That saves me time. I have an assistant, virtual assistant. They help me with, she, her name is Ainsley. She has two kids. She's amazing. I know her pretty well. She like saves me time. I, I listen to podcasts and everything on the subway with my headphones so that I don't have to read the book so it saves me time. Like I organize everything such that I can spend the least amount of time doing anything that I don't actually want to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I expect and hope that things like X.AI, more home automation. Like I, the, like the fact that I don't have to now go walk over to the light, I understand this seems lazy. We that? talked about it, but maybe we can tell <laughs> yeah, yeah. the listeners. Your... So we, we recently bought Hue, the Hue light bulbs for basically everything in our house. We have a tiny apartment in New York City. It's not like it's like a million bulbs, but it was expensive. It was wedding money, so it's like, it's okay. <laughs> And most of the wedding money went, or most of wedding expenditures went to my wife's love of bowls in every form. We have like 90 bowls. We got some new fancy cups. I'm calling them bowls. We got like, we got plates, which are basically just bowls. They're just flat, right? Just right. flat bowls. So but some of that funding went to so all you. The rest, so the money stuff, <laughs> the money I decided to go for gadgets, which actually I think she likes the Hughes more than I do because we now don't have to go find because we don't have an apartment that's all like lit up. Like all the switches aren't in the right places and all of where we put lamps aren't in the right places. 
for um, you know if we had a house or something. So we had to like walk around the whole apartment to turn on all the lights when you get home. So the fact that now I can just push a button and it's done, that's great. Awesome. Um, I actually need to think about the things that I have done to save time. Like I've organized the closet in a way that I can just like get the shoes and coat and go. I say I, like my wife did a lot, actually. Um, home automation. That's a good one. I got it. Home automation is amazing. Yeah. So finding ways for technology to let us do what we enjoy doing more. Because most of what we do is, like, if I could have technology that would brush my teeth for me while I'm sleeping, I would do it. Because, and that's actually the, the only, I only spend money to save time. Money is not, like, I don't care about, like, I would eBay whatever. Like, it doesn't, I don't care about things for shows of wealth or anything like that. I spend money so that I can save time elsewhere. Efficiency. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Is it a good time to get started? People who want to become programmers, they don't know anything. They don't know a single line. Is it a good time to get started? Hell yes. So I don't think you will tell your grandchildren that, but hell yes. The, um, this, the need for programmers is not going away. Not at all. The need for people who are able to learn is not going away even in the future. So the, the skill that you learn, even if programming doesn't happen to be your end career, is extremely valuable. Because programming is an optimization of the learning process. It is not any particular technology. Because I, I started, I did, I did Java a while ago. I did Python, Ruby, whatever the hell. I do more JavaScript now than anything else. None of that matters. So I would say, so definitely yes, you should do it. Whether or not that becomes your career, who cares? My career is not chemistry. My career is not also whatever religious studies I would have said when I was 13 years old. Any particular learning experience typically makes you better. So go for it. Next question. What should we drink next? Ooh, good question. <laughs> this good is question. the best question so, so far. So what do you... Um... We have everything. We have wine. We have gin. This is very good gin. We have uh, some vodka. We have whiskey. What do you have in terms of what's in that box to go with that box? Sprite, 7-Up. don't just like drink whiskey. Or maybe you do, but drink like... Vodka. This is not the greatest whiskey, so mm. I would add a little bit of Coke to that. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we can do bourbon and Coke. We can do vodka soda. Let's just have a glass of wine. Glass of wine? Yes. Okay. This wine. Ah. This that's... is great wine. Oh, good. Okay. I have this one and we have this one too. Okay, cool. Let's do that. All right. So I'm going to ask you the next question while I okay. figure out the, the drinking situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you see this? <laughs> Huge question. <laughs> How do you see the future of the web? Hmm. Let's focus on, because it's such a big question, let's focus on the front end. Sure. So maybe you can bring in React into this and all that. <clears throat> oh, so, okay. So the future of the web, again, I agree, gigantic question. The, uh, the web's ubiquity has been its consistent, you know, savior as well as competitive advantage. Like the, the fact that it can... It's as close to the original Java, like, write one run everywhere kind of thing. And that, I don't expect that to go away. I just expect the options to increase. Right now, we have desktop, phones, tablets. We might, and I expect to have devices, watches, uh, Google Glasses. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to come up with. Maybe the backs of automated cars. I don't know. So the, I see the web as 
somewhat of uh, extremely useful infection that will eventually be able to communicate what both human beings and businesses need to communicate across large swaths of population very quickly and cheaply. Cheaply is a big part of that. Cheaply is a big part of that. Yeah. Um, both from a development perspective as well as a distribution perspective. Because it costs money to make an app. It costs money to like develop for proprietary platforms, typically. It does not cost money to make a website, right? The, the, there's a little bit of difficulty, and maybe this is sort of where the, the React part would be going. Like, it used to be also extremely cheap in terms of understanding. It used to also be like, I, I learned a lot of what I learned from ViewSource. Right. I feel kind of bad that my default blog, my blog minifies everything. Mm -hmm. And I have not done the work to like unminify and put in a comment or whatever you're right. supposed to do. So like people can't do the same thing I did right now. So yeah. I feel a little bad about that. But the, so the, the, the cost has gone up. We need we need self signed self self signed SSL certs now. We need um, to understand how Webpack puts things together. Like right. like I remember the required JS ideal. Mm -hmm. By the way, I, I was a required JS user. I will admit that publicly. <laughs> so like I remember that ideal and I agree with that. But even though the cost has gone up in terms of learning, <clears throat> the cost for actual deployment is basically zero. And that's very good for the web. And I think that that will continue as more and more devices we haven't thought of come up. Cheers. Cheers. So we're done with our uh, champagne bottle. And now uh, we're on to wine for you and uh, rum. Ah, I mean, rum. Yeah. Cool. I'm still, I'm going with that. I still don't think that the down is luck guy at a bartender could order wine, but maybe they can. I don't know. <laughs> that's fine. You, sir are the CTO of a very successful company. Yes. Is it fair to say that you are a successful person? So I do think it's fair to say that I have achieved many of the goals that I have set out for myself. Um, I mean, I guess CTO included, but that wasn't a big one. Like I, there are many other goals that I have had that I have achieved. Right. I feel like I mean, success is obviously a very difficult to define word, or everyone has their own definition of it. I will say that I have, I am happy. Okay. And I think that gratefully I have a personality and I have made decisions about my outlook on life significantly aided by family and friends that support this. Right. And, you know, just the luck of privilege that says that I will always be happy. There's no reason not to be happy. I could not have the, the job or people or whatever. I will be happy. If I can... Hmm. Uh, unfairly and naively ask you please what you attribute that success and that happiness to if you could because it's very complicated sure obviously. yeah okay. but if, if you could condense it down to a, a, a few things the whole point is again for people to listen to this and yeah. maybe take something away and say oh I can do that I relate so, to that okay there's a million ways for me to answer this but so I'll go from like least meta to most meta mm-hmm or most new age. All right. I'll start off old age. Is that a thing? What's the opposite of new age? Old school. Okay. I'll start off old school and I'll end up new age. Okay. So, so in terms of like the specific things I have done, talk about some of this. I have forced myself to learn things. I have been fairly rigorous around forcing myself to learn things. I have had weekends where I have specifically said like, 
I need to understand jQuery now because I was in a prototype. I was actually, I remember telling my CTO at the time, like I was just a developer. No, 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 don't use jQuery. jQuery is this new thing on the block. I've been using prototype for years. Like prototype's never going to be less popular than jQuery. Like, this is a while ago. So like, but then one day I decided like, I have to learn jQuery. I will learn jQuery. And I did. And I'm IRC channels and all like the community was extremely helpful. And that's not like I could do this by myself, but I decided to do it and I did it. So having my own, I don't want to call it ambition. I, I have, when I want to learn something, I will, and there's nothing to stop me. That is a decision I have made that I do think has helped me in a very like normal sense. Like when I want to learn how to do internet marketing and AdWords, I will learn how to do that. And there was a time in which that meant like finding the right FTP site to download the right tutorial to do it. And then it became the like IRC thing. And then it became like, oh, I can pay for this now. That's fine. I will just buy the tutorial. <laughs> like it's all the normal progression as, as normally happens. But so, so from an extremely prescriptive perspective, if you can force yourself into a discipline of making decisions and executing on those decisions, you will be in a place where you will end up happy, successful. Right? If there are times in which you, I mean, it's difficult. Like I'm not, this is not turnkey. But if more often than not, you end up saying, I decided to do that, but whatever, I don't care. You won't end up there. If I have done that. Not more often than not, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Focusing on um, investing in yourself. Yes. Right. You think is... is <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. Awesome. Yes. Investing in yourself continually. Like you said, it's hard because the the industry rewards us for being good at something. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we, <laughs> a lot of us, we see that and we go, oh, I'm, I'm like really great right now. Right. So why should I go and learn something else? Because look... The, the reaction from the industry and from my job, like they're paying me good money, everybody loves me because I'm really great at Angular or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's no need for me to grow. But that, mm -hmm. I think, is a mistake. Yeah, right? I do think that's, I mean, I, I think that is a mistake for most people. If, if in, the, in the history you were just describing, if you end up saying that and you do feel successful and you do feel comfortable, then go for it, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you continue to do that, you will probably feel better about yourself and feel more comfortable. and more <laughs> Even better, yeah. So it's fine. Um, then on the like more meta side, even if I wasn't a programmer, I've told myself this from the day I went to college, basically. If I can work at, I don't know if this is direct, like if I can work at McDonald's, I can make my living. I can pay my rent. I can put children in my future children's sorry I can put food in my future children's mouths. I can send them to school. Maybe not the best school, maybe a state school. I don't care. Obviously, my school didn't matter. I mean, it did. I, I'm helpful, but it's fine. I should tell you where I went to school. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I hired you. So, if I can do that, I will define myself as happy. Gratefully, very gratefully to many things that I had absolutely no control over. That's not where I ended up. But I have consistently said that that's all I need. If it was just me by myself, all I need is a pillow and a tree. Right? If you keep that, like if, if you feel that, all this other stuff is just amazing life. And it's like, <laughs> it's like how could this possibly get better? This isn't fair, John. You know why? You are 
dare I say you're cheating because you meditate and that you I have do. this outlook on life, which is, which although I, I had the outlook on life before I started meditating, but that is true. Yeah. I do meditate. Well, I, I relate to that. And here's why I can tell you I relate to that because I recognize that outlook that you have on life and that having those basic things figured out mm-hmm. means you are already in this tiny, tiny, tiny bucket that the majority of the planet hasn't even experienced for a day. And we get yeah. to experience it yes. every day. Yes. You know? And so anything above that is just, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And to see someone, by the way, in upper management position who works with a variety of engineers, you know, and you still have that outlook every day when you talk to people, because I see you talking to engineers, talking to myself, mm-hmm. um, you keep that very consistent. And that is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes a difference. We only have a couple more things. Sure, and, please, and, yeah. And then fine. we can improvise after yeah, or we can... <laughs> Quickly, if there is an answer there, how do you keep up with the industry? Um, I, I'm i a big Twitter reader. I mean, I tweet a lot as well, but I read a lot of tweets. Yeah. And I click on a lot of links and I Instapaper a lot. And I go through those Instapapers uh, fairly regularly. The, going back to the blogs, like I might not read the whole blog. Like I'll just read right. the title and maybe the first paragraph and go. Right. But uh, it's mostly through Twitter... I mean, I'm on the normal weeklies, JS Weekly, right. uh, HTML5 Weekly, right. Ruby Weekly. I'm only on that because my wife being a Ruby person. I don't read that very often. <laughs> um, yeah, so I get information from, I think, the normal popular sources, and I try to not read what I don't need to read. I'd love to read everything. I think we all would. Yeah. Officially, the last question on the questionnaire yeah, is, yeah. if you go go back in time and meet the John Kane Paul... Uh, uh, who went to NYU, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine it's Friday night right now. Imagine uh, you go down to NYU and you see yourself 10, 15, is that 15 years ago? Is that when did you go to NYU? How long, how long ago was that? Um, somewhere around 10, 15 years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you could see yourself having a great time partying and enjoying life in New York. Do you have anything that you would say to yourself? Hey, don't do that thing, do this other thing instead. In terms of like socializing in life? Career-wise. This is a hard... Oh, career-wise. Okay. You might be switch majors to psychology. Hmm. That's not a decision, but like I feel like that would be way more helpful. It's still... Because at the end, all of human issues are that, right? Like the... I wish that there was a course more... If there... So to be honest, I've never taken psychology, so I'm making this up. I don't know if psychology would answer the questions that I think it does like stereotypically i think it does Mm -hmm. but if there was some course that was more like how does human motivation work like how do people interact with each other maybe it's some mba thing i don't know i I would say go do that because well go do that halfway through like the rigor of chemistry great i loved it i think that i learned a lot that i think that my a methodological nature around learning was very well refined then but then like the thing that i was the quest that i was on after that was not about that kind of knowledge because right. i then knew I, I i can learn java or javascript or whatever i could learn then the quest was like how do i communicate with people how do i motivate people how do i understand what people are like trying to do and frame goals in that way so that i can so that even though I know they can do it, then finally they can know they can do it. Like that kind of thing. And that I presume is in college somewhere, but I have no idea. 
uh, pieces of what you're talking about I have read about in more evolutionary psychology and wow what a difference it makes when you do know yeah, well, yeah what, sure. what, what yeah, makes yeah. people motivated or or even the opposite yeah, because yeah. you want to avoid that uh, interesting okay yeah, yeah. John I have some uh, final words I want to say but we need to make sure that we have like a, a real like drunk web finale. Oh, okay. Yeah, thing. I mean, I we can. I have a clink. I have you a have big a clink. clink here. Okay, yeah. cool. But I did want to say this: that I have worked at a lot of places with a lot of programmers, and I can comfortably say that your passion for what we do is what makes you unique and and awesome. Your positive attitude, which I mentioned throughout the podcast, is contagious. And it's rare in programming teams. You know, sure, in the community, sure, there's you. a lot yeah, of yeah. like positivity. But yeah. when it comes to when it comes down to the actual day to day work, it's rare to have someone be have a have a positive outlook, mm-hmm. right? And so I think you you make people feel great about what they do, and uh, I look forward to building a lot of cool things together. I feel exactly the same way. I'm so glad that we not only have met each other but have this opportunity to like work and grow and and make awesome things and it's going to be great yeah absolutely that's awesome all right uh cheers to <laughs> cheers. that <laughs> John, cheers thank you thank you again for being here <laughs> you were very welcome thank you everybody for do you have any final words before i wrap it up oh that's a good point i did not think about final words four glasses of champagne and uh, <laughs> wine in. i'm, I'm gonna uh. say a couple of things if you want to think about that yes please yeah yeah so i want to say thank you everybody for um for tuning in uh 2015 was a great year for the podcast 2016 is going to be even better uh there were a lot of amazing guests in 2015 shout out to all of you guys and uh in 2016 i want to introduce some new things including i want to periscope the uh the podcast live so look for that on twitter we are now available on lots of different uh, platforms you can listen to the podcast on all these different things so it's all on the website pretty soon you're going to be able to apply to be on the show which is nice there's going to be a form and everything <laughs> we're so lucky <laughs> yeah with a submit button um button or input style submit it, I, you could go either way, I'm, man. You could go either way. I'm probably going to do a button with an NG click. Ooh, NG. Ooh, that's a key directive. That's <laughs> a key, key directive. Direct. It sure is, yeah. But the Angular 2 might be a little bit different. but uh, Because now it's, it's in it's the parentheses. Like, yeah, it's the parentheses and, and there's a star. Yeah, yeah, there's a star. There's an asterisk somewhere. I don't know. God, what are you guys doing to us? There's a cheat sheet. It's all TypeScript stuff. So um, there's definitely going to be all that. So I'm really grateful for everybody listening. I, I checked the AWS uh, reports for how many requests there are for the for the MP3s. And it's going up every episode. So um, thank you, guys. So any final words? Uh, yes. So gratefully, we can edit this if it doesn't all come out correctly. Yeah. So I feel like... So a lot of this is oddly so you, you asked a little bit about success and and maybe drive and, and learning i want to wrap up by thinking about some a word that we have not yet said and i don't know how to frame this correctly but the word is persistence there is nothing that a human being cannot do within reason with persistence right? can't fly like, but I mean, we can jump on a plane. Hey, you can you can get one of those wingsuits and you can jump 
out of a plane and you can basically fly horizontally, right? I guess with money and time, you can do whatever the hell you want. But with persistence, you can do almost anything. And that is something that programmers don't think about, especially junior programmers, that people don't typically think about. And that is something that I, listen, I don't feel like I have any more of that than anyone else does. All I feel I have is more, is more comfort around talking about it. Because I can more easily say like, yeah, I didn't go to the gym because I didn't have persistence. Like, that's okay. I get it. But I want everyone listening to think that, especially considering how this has been talked about around success and everything, there's nothing you cannot achieve with persistence. There are just things that take more persistence and less persistence. So if you can make those commitments, set those goals, and then achieve them, you will feel so much pride and so much of that happiness that you will continue to do that regularly. Even though I didn't talk about it at all through the whole thing, I will tell you now that persistence is what you should be focusing on. Or whatever that is. It might not even be programming. For all I know, this is more funny to people who don't program. I have no idea. <laughs> like, be persistent and you will make it happen. Awesome. Well said, my friend. So, yeah, if you have bugs, it's okay. All right, persist. You will find it. When you have bugs. There's no, listen, have you ever, you ever met a programmer that didn't have bugs? No. no. When you have a bug, you will solve it with persistence. Fact. Quote. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> We're not, oh, I'm sorry, John, your glass is empty. Ah, no, that's okay. So, Whatever. Whatever you have. I'll just have what you're having. I have. Uh, we do a vodka soda. Sounds good. All right. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, this was episode 12 of The Drunk Web. Thank you so and much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, both in hearing this afterward as well as talking to people about it afterward. Yeah. The Drunk Web is going to be flying across my Twitter handle. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. One thing I forgot to mention in the beginning. This is very important. We were drinking champagne to celebrate a few things. Number one was that you got married about a month ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Sounded uh, awesome because you went to a place where there was no Wi-Fi. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, myself and you joining in Rhythm. You joined a few <coughs> months before yes, me. Yes, yes. And uh, so that is celebratory. As well as this last one, which is the web is alive and kicking. So. Uh, ah, yes. Very much so. I think we cheers should, to cheers all to of them. <laughs> all right. Cheers to all of them. Thank you, guys. Have a good night and cheers. Bye. Good night.